0: Good afternoon good evening welcome to today's episode of musings with jesus my name is Shalom, i'm your host thank you for joining me i hope you're well i hope all is good with you in your world i hope everything's great um today is the 25th of june we're getting to the end of the first half of the year and it's been a very fast but intense year i think for us for me, because um, there's just a lot that has happened, um, a lot that has happened. So I won't talk to say more than that. But um, it's um, yeah, I-, I think it's been a a, a very revealing year. Now that I think about it, it's a very it's been a very revealing year. I think for me, I think for me, God has exposed a lot about people about human beings you know it's just been very revealing yeah and i don't think i've said this before on this musing but so it's made me just really look at the importance of values and principles and things like that and earlier on in the year we had um, elections in nigeria which turned out to be like the most rancorous and polarizing elections that we've ever had so the the same kind of experience that we you know that happened in the u.s where you have the republicans versus the democrats and that whole trump you know maga madness we we had a similar situation in nigeria and um just like how i read i remember then following the u.s elections which i did very closely and I saw how families were torn apart by the whole MAGA politics things that people said, I stopped talking to my father, I stopped talking to my grandfather, you know, things like that. And I thought that was really extreme until we faced the same situation in Nigeria. And it was almost the same kind of thing because there was a party that was using ethnic ethnicity as a very strong um as a dog whistle, you know. And unfortunately, I found some people that I knew, that I respected, that I even trusted, being, supporting this party. It was, it was really shocking to me. And there were many things that happened. The conversation on social media became so corrosive, so poisonous. The kind of things that you would see and hear, racist to do and, and, and tell yourself, Oh, thank God I don't live in America. You know, I started seeing young and old people, particularly people from my tribe, you know, spewing out that bile. You know, when, when the Bible says that the tongue is a fire, I never understood it until these elections because I saw people using their tongues like swords like using it to t- tear people down I I, I mean I've, I never understood what the Bible says about words until I saw it the way it was used in these elections and it's not I'm not saying it was only one party I mean about so what I mean is that there was a lot of slandering and all that on both sides but the worst was when ethnicity was brought into it because you know it's one thing to you know, to keep it at the level of, oh, your candidate is bad, I prefer my candidate. But when you now start slandering an entire tribe, ethnic tribe of people, that's an ethnicity, you know that you've gotten into a different zone. So there was only one party that did that. There was only one party. There was only one party. And I can say that every other party was talking about candidates, was talking about supporters of the candidate. It was limited to political um, slander you know, against the candidate and their supporters, let's put it that way but one candidate took it to an, and one party took it to another level and they, um, they candidate their campaign team and their supporters, in fact it was the ruling party, let me just say that, and they, they, they tribalized the conversation and they tribalized it in such a way that anyway but for me what was really shocking was how some Christians were supporting it that for me, that I have not recovered from that shock. I've not recovered. So, but what it did for me was that it made me realize that this Christian walk is a very personal thing. I keep saying this on this podcast. It made me understand why God sent, led me on this very solitary journey that I have been on for the past two, three years, enabled by the pandemic, also by Made possible by some of the things that were going on in my own life at the time, and I—it's like I just God just removed me. I, I mean, I've always been a private person, but he—he—he—he—he he, 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 he increased the level of privacy, and I—I—I I, I didn't understand it because I felt I'm already somebody who is, who struggles with social interaction and all that. Why would you, you know, I will, even the few people that I have as friends, why would you then remove them, you know? Why would you ask me to distance myself from them and things like that? But when I look at my life now and the journey that I have been on and what God has used me to do and what God is using me to do and what God has resolved and is resolving in my life, the miracles that I have experienced The breakthrough. There are things I can't even tell you. I can't talk about it and tell you what God has taken me through, and that is very sad because I should be able to. But you know, I believe that some of the things they may be triggering for some people. And let me just say that God snatched me from the jaws of death. He really did, and only Him knows how close I got. He snatched me from the jaws of death. That I am alive today, that I am recording this musing, I am of sound mind and body to do so. It is God. It is Jesus. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is by his grace, by his mercy, by his love, by his kindness. He walked me through the valley of the shadow of death. I would have been gone. Because what came upon me was more than I could bear but he came and he held me and he carried me through there were times I would feel myself drowning in the waters like literally you know anybody that tells you that man we just physical it doesn't even know what they're talking about either they don't know what they're talking about or they're lying to you because you know that feeling of you of drowning in waters in your soul I had it I experienced it I couldn't save myself, but God did. So, when I now look at what he has brought me through, I am no longer in those waters. I am on solid ground now. I, can, I am whole. Wow, it feels so good to be able to say that. I am whole. God has saved me. He saved me from waters of life that were threatening, the storms of life that were threatening to overwhelm me and take me under. He rescued me, carried me on his back and we both swam to shore. Moved me, allowed me and brought me to safety. So when I look back, At everything that he has asked me to do, even the things that I struggled to do, I realized that he was very—he was right in all that he was doing. So now I realize that this Christian work is a very personal one, even though we are called to a community of believers. You know, God has said, you know, we should not um, forsake the gathering of saints. So we need to, you know, be part of a local church, a community of believers. You know, find ourselves, you know, in places where people who believe what we believe or believe in Christ, you know, you know, be in fellowship, let's put it that way. But at the end of the day, it is a personal walk. There are things, in fact, for me, as far as I'm concerned, it's 80% personal, 20% community. Because... Except you are living in a commune, which I think some people try to do, you know. you are living, Except you are living in a commune where you are eating together, you are sleeping together. I don't see how people will help you with the things that are going on in your everyday life. You are living your life, I mean literally. Even if you are spending 10 hours in a week or let's say 24 hours in a week in that community of believers. What about the remaining 24 times 6 hours for the rest of the week? What about your sleeping moments, your waking moments, you know? Life, your bills, you know what I'm saying? The things that you're responsible for, the things you need to do. So, except you're living in a monastery or in a Christian, you know what I'm saying? That's only when I know that, okay, yes, the community is 80% and you are 20. But so long as you're living in your own house and you wake up every day, you have things to do in that house and the community of believers is outside of the house, then Community is 20%, 80% is, is is you. And that 80%, who's going to you know? Community cannot always be there to help you that 80% of your life. So it has to be God. It has to be God. And for me, I don't know. I guess it's phase of life as well. Um, there's just things that nobody can help you with, you know what I'm saying? Things that nobody can help you with is prayer. It's just you and God. You know, if you're worried about your children and how they're doing, yes. You're doing everything physically that, as a parent, you can do. But then there are things that you can't, you know, like motivation, inspiration, encouragement, you know, well-being, wellness. These are things that, <laughs> really, you know, you just have to, you, you do what you can, but then you pray. Just have you just have to lean on God because these are things of the soul. And for me now, I find that things of the soul are getting have more priority for me than things of the body. And I I still struggle with things in the body, but it's a different kind of struggle now, a different type of you know, like the kind of struggle I had when I was much younger. But I, I find that struggles of the soul are much are more of the challenge for me now. So and on that, it's only God. In that space, is only God that can help. Because most people, they don't even understand what you're dealing with. I mean, I had a conversation with a, a, a colleague and friend who, you know, another thing I've noticed, I've noticed also that, I don't know whether it's from our parts of the world, but I found out that people who have, who, people who don't have children that have, people who ha, who don't have children that have special needs. They, they, they are. They, 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 they There is a. I don't know. To, I don't know how to put the word. There is a. There is a whole world that they are completely ignorant of. They don't know what it means to have a child that you, that you already know that that. Oh, let me just say. They don't know what it means to be as a parent, to have to reassess the dreams that you have for your child. You know what I mean? I mean, a dream is a dream, and in every dream there is hope. You know, and sometimes it's not even in the fulfillment of the dreams. It's even the the imagination of the dream. But there are certain kinds of situations you find yourself in. Even that imagination of the dream is a luxury that you cannot afford. You know what I'm saying? You have to bring yourself to the place where you realize that I have to reassess what this dream means. In fact, you just have to you have to just take that dream and bury it and say, Okay, God give me a new dream, a different kind of dream. They they, they don't know what it means. So I, I I find I I have and I've seen this with members of my family, with friends as well, they just don't get it. So if you're a parent and you have a special needs child, there's some conversations you don't waste your time having with parents. Who don't have special needs children, or have never worked around special needs children, or taught them—you know, they, they because honestly, they will say stuff that will just really like—I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's—it's it's been my observation. I've never said this, you know, even to people, but I have—I've have just observed it, and I've spoken to other parents with special needs, and you know, I, you know, with children who, who special needs, and yeah, it's—it's it's the same experience they just don't get it they don't get it so what I'm saying is that there's some things that you go through you will go through on your own simply because even if you want to explain it to the person next to you the person doesn't understand do you understand? the person doesn't understand what it's like and you may ask me that does this mean that people have to go through things before they understand what you're going through, yeah, I, I, I will say yes, I will say yes, that, that has been my observation, and I, and I don't mean they have to be, have gone through exactly what you have gone through, but I'm saying that, that there, they, they, there must be an experience that they've gone through that is similar somehow, I don't know why it is that way, but that's what I've seen, people that are compassionate, people that have a lot of empathy, for you know, people that look after you know that are concerned about children or women or, or elderly people, ask them. Particularly those people that are able to function in a way that most people don't, sit, call them and sit down and ask them a little bit about their story. You'll be, you 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 eventually be able to connect the dots to see why they are that way, the way they are. And definitely, some people are gifted, born with you know that sense. But even those people that are gifted with it, there they are things they then, that happen to them or that they then consciously get involved with that makes them able to be, you know, to be, um, to, to 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 help or support in that area. But if you are not gifted with that feeling of empathy or that um, compassion for a certain kind of people or a certain kind of struggle and you are also not exposed to it, then there is no way. Do you understand? So, nature, by nature, by nurture, this is something you don't even know anything about. You you know, you you don't have the compassion, you don't have the the zeal for it, you've also not been exposed to it, you don't have the experience. So, where is your counseling going to come from? You're just going to be talking nonsense. (laughs) I'm sorry to say, you know. So... Yeah, so I find that it's helpful to develop a relationship with God, and with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus because they are able to help you, help me through things that other people are unable to. And um, I think what I found, what I found when I was going through my own challenges was that because it's not, you know, we're very good at Christian cliches where people say, "Don't worry, it's well, God will take control." Yes, it's, it's when you say all those things, it's very nice to say all that. Stuff, but you're not telling the person who has practical issues to deal with, as in, how do I manage this situation? On it, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? Something is broken, or something is not working the way it's supposed to work, and it's you know, it's not something that I can ignore. So it's not it is well matter. About how do I deal with this? For instance, you have a child that is not eating. Do you understand? You know, it's not a it is well matter. How do I get the child to eat? So at that point, you need wisdom. It's not platitudes that you need. And it's God that can give us the wisdom. So, I am so what I'm saying is. I spend a lot of time actually by myself, solitary. I I, I mean, I spend a lot of time with people like throughout my working week. Like yesterday, I literally was by myself all day, all day doing a lot of my seminary work and then, you know, just sleeping, resting, watched a bit of Netflix and then, you know, but just by myself. And I was wondering why, I call it my decompressing period. And it's because I find that of course, I'm naturally an introvert anyway. When, when I spend, I just need to go back into myself and find myself. And I, I, I find that it's just not helpful being around people at that point in time. I don't know. Only introverts will understand what I mean. But I come out of this experience recharged and, you know, invigorated for life. But what I like, as opposed to an introvert who is just introverted and going into that personal space by themselves, when I have those moments, it's, it's me and God going into that closet together. And we spend that time. And I go. It's, it's like a personal retreat. So yes, yes I, I realized that that's what I did yesterday. I had a personal retreat. It was actually a person It was it was needful. And I think we all need to understand the moments in our lives when we need to have a personal retreat. And I think this brings me full circle to where I started this conversation. Because I had reached a phase in my life three years ago when God knew that I needed to go on a personal retreat, not just for a day or a week. It lasted for about two years in phases and in stages. Of course, the pandemic made it easier because everybody was on lockdown and all that. But it was necessary for me to sort out my life to give attention to the things that were going on and to go closer and deeper to God. It was in that time that he led me to start this podcast. It was in that time that he also sent me to seminary. It was in that time that I went through a lot of major emotional challenges and health care issues, health issues as well, and also, you know, with loved ones and all that. But it was also in that time that I saw the glory of God. And at the end of the day, where I was, I am no longer there. I have learned a lot. I have grown a lot. I have suffered a lot. But I have also been delivered a lot. And the most, um, how would I say, the biggest challenge that I was faced with at the time God has delivered me from it to his glory. I'm so grateful to him. I will continue to mention it. It's a testimony that I will I will carry to my grave. And every now and then I will refer to it because I see that he has given me the kind of testimony that Kenneth Hagen had. You know, Kenneth Hagen was a pastor in, in, in the U.S., in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a man of God that set up Rima Ministries. And he was paralyzed at the age of 17 and then God healed him. On his books, he had that testimony at the back and you know, that that was the testimony everything, every time test, um, Kenneth Higgins preaches and he talks about his work with God, he always started it from that when I was 17 years old you know, on my sick bed I was, yeah, I couldn't move I was bedridden, God um, Jesus spoke to me, you know, it was always tying back to that testimony and I realized that I had lost my own personal testimony for many years it was no longer a part of my story but now God has given me a new one. So that testimony now has... And I know it's, it's, this one is going to carry me till my end of days. I, know, I now realize that that was why God gave it to me. He gave it to me and He gave it to the one who directly received it. Because it has now become the anchor of my relationship with Him to say, wow, the God that did this. Because I think all of us need to have a very significant miracle in our lives i think it's very important everybody needs to have their own personal damascus experience it's it's very important because it really does carry you through it carries you through so i'll leave it at that i have no idea what i'm going to call this music but i just want to thank god because I, i i appreciate his presence in my life i am I am studying Him, studying the Word of God. I am following Jesus. And, um, you know, I just... This solitary period of my life, I am enjoying it. Because I am working with God. And with Him alone. I am not perfect. I am far from it. But I am being discipled by Christ. That I can say you know, more than I ever before, I couldn't say this before, but I am actively being discipled by Christ, I am reading the Bible with the intention of learning, you know how it is when you are shadowing somebody, in the office you call it job shadowing, when you are job shadowing someone, you are being intentional, even though you, are, you may not be doing the work, but you are watching how the person is doing the work so I'm, I'm really shadowing Christ now I'm, I'm really shadowing him not, I'm not even consciously I'm not trying to imitate him, no I'm just learning, observing studying, that's all I know that by the time what I'm observing becomes a part of me, then I will start doing it, so I'm not consciously you know, I'm not trying to fake it no, but I'm just observing and that's what a disciple does it's like apprenticeship, yes I, I'm, 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 I'm an apprentice. I'm one of Jesus's apprentices now. That's what the journey that God has been leading me on. And I didn't realize this until I read a book that talked about it. Again, part of this my Bible school experience, which has really been life-changing for me in a Western seminary. So I'll leave it at that. And um, thank you for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted. And have a wonderful day. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.